The Movie Hour, episode 186, June 7, 2012. There aren't so many spoilers in this episode as there is swearing, which there is a lot of. Good evening, everyone. You're listening to the Gerard Butler Bring Me My Scotch Movie Hour. Allow me to immediately say that I am Greg Maloney and I am sick. Please forgive my uh, the lack of clarity in my voice that I know you've all come to expect uh, from the past 184 episodes. But as they must, as they say, the show must go on, and I am uh, here with my co-hosts to make that show happen. Brother James and everyone's favorite caddy Jeff. Welcome, gentlemen. Yo, yo, yo! What's up? Was that cabbie with a B as in driver, or caddy with a D as in shack? It was a D as in shack. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm sure you can't really hear much with my 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 voice. I'm sorry. M uh, as in Mansy. M as in Mansy. You of all people. Um, <laughs> we also have with us our Gunga Pit West affiliate and uh, frequent Goblin fighter Josh here today. Welcome back, Josh. What up? <laughs> What's going on, man? Nothing. Uh, not only do you fight goblins, but uh, you teach, and you're out of school already, aren't you? You're done. We're out. Yeah, I breed I'll... them as well. Breed schools or goblins? Goblins. Well, the children in my class, but also goblins. Okay. All right. Goblins. <laughs> like, is there other crossbreeds? Like, are there crossbreeds of goblins? Like, there are dogs? Oh yeah, or... there are mule situations where they, you know, can't produce fertile offspring and whatnot. But by definition, those aren't another species. So right. Right. Cause fuck can't. that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you're teaching our. That's our, a hell of a story. Our nation. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, how's it out east? You're still in school, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, kids, kids get out uh, the 12th, and then I've got to be there for all sorts of bullshit until like basically the end of June. It's probably because of the time change. It'll come your way soon. <laughs> I, what? Yeah. <laughs> I think I actually only get like seven weeks off, off, which you know is more than most people that aren't teachers, but still. No, teachers work hard. They work hard. I, uh, I'm not saying that it's uh, teachers have it easy. I know a lot of teachers, and there are two assholes on this show with me now, so I yeah. <laughs> keep my mouth shut. I um, had my own little fun this last week. I know I mentioned I had jury duty coming up. I had it uh, a couple days ago, and I just wanted to share a, a small tidbit of it. I have two stories. One's jury duty. The other one uh get to in a minute. But it was really low-key. It was a district court, so... They only handle up to like misdemeanors and small claims. Um, so yeah, they, I think they just hand out joints at the door there. Yeah, light them up. It's it's like thun- it's like Thunderdome out there, dude. There's no no care. rules. There's no rules. Although, <laughs> also, what's the jury duty for if, <laughs> if there's a Thunderdome? You don't need the jury. <laughs> Why the two orders? You break a deal, you get the wheel. <laughs> yeah. All right. That, that's you know, I, we need. I busted that out on like John and Josh or something, and they both didn't know what it was from. I'm like, dude, I didn't make that up. That's from a movie. It's from make a deal, dump. get the wheel. <laughs> Tina Turner said that. <laughs> oh, I have man. no idea what you're talking about there. So it's because <laughs> fucking Philistines on this show. I tell you what, beyond <laughs> Thunderdome. No, oh, dude, you well, that seen, explains it. You haven't seen any of those movies, have you? I have not. Yeah, you need to watch that. The first one. The first one's really, really dumb. Uh, I <laughs> thought the other ones are amazing. The well, other ones. Are... The first one's Mad Max, and you think you'd be able to find out why Max got mad, but you don't. You don't figure that out at all, other than one thing at the. Well, you do. Well, I mean, it's something that would piss me off an awful There's lot. He's why he's mad. You don't figure out how Mad Max 
and uh, Road Warrior connect at all. Like, there's right, no right. action between the world of Road Warrior and Mad Max. Is like, Mad Max... Pre-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic. <laughs> like, just like that. Is Mad Max angry or insane? Insane, insane with anger, perhaps. I think, yeah. I think so I Mad works on two levels, okay. Yeah. yeah just, I mean, imagine kind of, Mel Gibson uh, in real life, and that's pretty much... <laughs> That pretty is much exactly what it was. Yeah, pretty much. But um, you know, he was yeah, he was a little uh, he was on a little crazy side. Remember how he killed that one guy by playing chicken with him? Yep, true story. That happened once. And that shit happens all the time, though. That that's not. <laughs> it's commonplace. Out west, maybe. I don't know if that's an east. It country. does on those mountain roads. People just chasing each other down. Okay. Yeah, they pretend like they're gonna run into each other, but one dude just bails out and goes over a cliff. <laughs> And, and at the bottom, there's usually alligators. You're, that that tangent's way better than my jury duty story, so I'll sit, skip that. But I have another story I want to bring in, and that's a great friend of the show and also my roommate, uh, Matt, who we talk about often. Um, and I'm sure he's going to listen to this. I was laughing about how we do – he gets Redbox sometimes, Redbox rentals, like Jeff and many of the other world worldly people. Like Jeff. Um, <laughs> many of the other people. Yeah. In the world. Um. And I see that not only did he red box, but he red boxed Men in Black. And, and I wanted to take a picture of it and put it up on our Facebook page and be like, this is what is red box at our house right now. <laughs> and I asked him about it later, and he goes, I thought it was Men in Black 3. And then I just go, <laughs> so? <laughs> that doesn't excuse this. <laughs> I thought it was Men in Black 3. Okay. And? Which came out that weekend, which is probably why Men in Black was in the, the red box. It didn't really. Yeah, otherwise you wouldn't understand the plot. Right. right. Yeah, you really need to. You really need to watch the first one to know what's right. going on in the third. At least once. <laughs> but I found that uh, on a movie level, very, very funny. And uh, But uh, I, I digress way too way too much. We got to get to our, our features, our Holly Hunters, Hollywood Hoopla, first off. And um, a couple couple things, not so much big, but a couple things that kind of bother me I want to bring up. And I just have some questions. I uh, They set out the release time for the Dark Knight Rises movie that's coming out in almost 40, 45 days. It's the end of July, I think. Um, and, uh, I guess a little longer. And it's uh, two hours and 45 minutes long, which is kind of long. for Jesus. It's a yeah, long movie. It's like Lord of the Rings long. It's like Lord of the Rings long. And half of it will be in that half slow motion thing that Lord of the Rings did. Yeah. Because Probably. Maybe that's it. And it's like, and that makes it seem twice as long because it's in slow-mo, right? Yeah, it's, it's the only reason it's not like an hour and five minutes. Because <laughs> every goddamn thing is in slow motion. <laughs> uh, but and on that same actual, uh, on that same idea is Lord of the Rings, they're actually doing, AMC theaters are doing a release of the other movies before the Dark Knight Rises uh, release date. And I was thinking about how, for those, back in back in the day when that came out, I actually, uh, I still worked in the news, and we actually covered, it was stupid, we showed up and covered, like, a quick event of tons of people there, dressed up as idiots, there to watch. <laughs> wait, wait, were the idiots dressed up as something, or were they dressed up like morons, like regular people, <laughs> dressed up with, like, I, I, I'm picturing, like, the Wisconsin cheese hat, and, like, uh, you know, drooled on themselves, and, like, maybe, like, a tub of mayo. That's dressing up as an idiot to me. Half and half. There were okay. <laughs> idiots and there were idiots dressed up as Lord of the Rings characters. But I thought about that in comparison to this, and it just doesn't seem that the Dark Knight or the Batman series in general has 
crazy fans. Like, who's going to go? Like, yes, you might go and see all three of these movies. They were good. But I was thinking about, I don't picture anybody dressing up to go to this thing. And do, like, is this trilogy have the fervent fans that these other movies slash series have? Uh, I don't think so, yeah. I don't think you're going to see I think they're a little many. less a little less crazy. A little less crazy. Yeah, I think I think it casts a wider net. Uh, but it, yeah, it's 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 a wider net, but it doesn't doesn't dig as deep, I guess. If the, if I can mix my metaphors a little bit there, <laughs> less cult, right. less of a cult following. Right. So you don't get the entrenched people that get really pissed off about Tom Bombadil not being in Lord of the Rings when you know <laughs> when they mess yeah. up. And uh, but you you know you you get a lot of people obviously go see these Batman movies. <laughs> Were you one of those people, Jeff? Were you hurt? Were you? Were... I, I I never read the Lord of the Rings books. I have no patience. That's for that I was on the phone with Jeff for like three hours consoling him about Tom Bombadil. <laughs> Shoulder to cry Don't on. let him fool you. Shoulder to cry. What are they doing to this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that came across. Uh, <laughs> been drinking. Sorry, I just had a nice nice coughing fit. I am. <clears throat> I should have started with this this item because uh, it's so near and dear to our hearts. And he's a very, very big friend of the show, big sponsor of the show. Uh, you may have heard Richard Dawson passed away this week. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, frequent yeah. frequent uh, friend of the show, frequent sponsor of the show, and obviously uh, very close to our hearts. And uh, he passed away from, I think, complications during – was it from pancreatic cancer or did he complications during, like, surgery for it? I don't remember. I think it was uh, oh, for treatment. That's a, but that's it was a brutal – Complications to fast money. Yeah, complications to fast money. Oh, um, he's barely cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, barely. Um, but I, I wanted to say that he also, uh, before he had passed away, he, he already has set sponsorship for our uh, next Family Feud episode when that happens. But um, I'm sure uh, he could be. He wouldn't be the first person to sponsor an episode uh, posthumously or posthumously. Um, but he's a good man. And I wanted to do a shout out to Richard Dawson. Maybe we'll have some uh, sound clips, sound clips that we can uh, play for. Play. So everyone in in honor of Richard Dawson, just <laughs> go out and molest someone. <laughs> kiss, kiss they, a random woman, or just put up your both your arms with an X formation right now for, <laughs> for the one strike. Uh, we could use that too. But uh, R.I.P. Richard Dawson, good man. Um, but uh, we. <laughs> I'm just picturing the noise right after you say that. What, what is Richard Dawson doing right now? Uh, breathing? Survey says. Oh, my God. That is awful. You're... Yeah, it's not good. We should have let that one out. <laughs> uh, so moving moving past uh, Richard. Richard, we are going to – I wanted to discuss a little bit just recently uh, the production team for The Hobbit – uh, working on both Hobbit one and two movies are doing a lot of uh, these behind the scenes footage post or pre-production videos to show you guys tease you into, you know, wanting to see the Hobbit and maybe just learning a little bit about the um, what happens on set. And I, I know you guys have seen uh, some of these videos. I don't know if Josh has because uh, he's, busy fighting goblins when I try to get him to watch it, but I, uh, or maybe breeding, I, I forget which, but <laughs> there was an issue. The issue I was wondering about is when you watch these things, I, I don't think it spoils anything. At least I don't, but 
in this in these trailers you see a lot of um how the sets are say, set out how the props are made um the actors their interaction with each other but you can tell at this production level at least for the hobbit these are well scripted out uh events like these are well constructed they're made for a certain point and they are here to you know get you interested in seeing the hobbit and selling more tickets for sure but i'm curious are you guys or like just listeners at home are you guys interested in seeing um, movies that you are interested in, do you want to see things like this? Do you think these are things that are best served, you know, saving for the featurette at, for the DVD or Blu-ray? Or do you like seeing this pre-production, here's us working and we're getting you the movie as soon as we can kind of thing? I fall more on the camp of would rather see it after seeing the movie. Show it as bonus features on a DVD or something. Sort of like the same reason, like you wouldn't want to see trailers for a movie. You don't want to see interviews for the movie. You just want to right. See... I'd rather not see too much of it. To you know, every ounce that is a surprise to me would be better. I, I would think it's because so because of spoilers, you'd be worried about spoilers. Yeah, or not even just spoilers. Just like seeing how a scene's playing out. Just like you know, I don't want to be in the theater. It's like, oh, I remember seeing that like in the pre-production thing, and you know, I don't want that in my head. I just want to watch the movie and just. Yeah, enjoy it and then see afterwards. Oh, that's how they did that scene. Yeah, for me, it's like watching the director's commentary before watching like the movie. I don't care about the director's commentary until I like. You got to sell me on the movie first. I got to like the movie, and then you can then you can get me interested in all the bullshit. You know, on the on that second DVD or whatever like that. That's when I care about that. So you think it would make more? You think it would? makes sense i think it makes sense for the hobbit because you know it has such a following from the other three movies but maybe not for every movie yeah i guess like I think know. wes anderson I'm not, I'm moonrise, not moonrise kingdom moonrise kingdom's coming out which you know, already it, came well, out, it's out I yeah i know i know I'm, theoretically let's say moonrise kingdom's coming out and there are little featurettes that wes anderson does before the movie would you watch him I mean, you know, like when uh, Darjeeling Limited came out, they released the uh, the short yeah, sport, yeah. for free. I mean, but that's a different thing. That's actual entertainment. Yep. Right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 don't. I'm not terribly entertained usually by making of type documentaries. I really have to love the movie and be like, I don't. I, no, I, I'm not. I'm not interested. Okay. Okay. Josh, how do you feel about these things? You're, you're a people person. You speak for the people and the goblins. What's up? Uh, yeah, on behalf of the West Coast, I'd like to say fuck those things. <laughs> I just, like, I'm in the same boat, man. Like, I don't care about that shit unless the movie's good. And B, I'm probably not even going to hear about those things unless it's from you. Right. So, like, if if, so, like, if someone on this show or somebody I know is telling me to watch something, like, yeah, I'll watch it. But aside from that, like, I'm not looking for those things ahead of time. Right. Like, it seems to me that it does make... I, I find them interesting. I find The Hobbit... Uh, production video is interesting. I think they're on the seventh. They're going to do like an eighth before they're all done. But I that's think probably it, long. If they've done eight, that's longer than the movie. Probably not. But yeah, it's long. <laughs> that's long. It's uh, and it's a situ. Like I just think this movie, like this setup, this production had a lot of problems getting started to begin with. You know, it's two movies, the prequels of the, the other three, and it has enough of a following where this makes sense. But and maybe for the Dark Knight Rises, they might have been able to do something like this too. But first, like a first movie that might have been even just been a book two days ago, like maybe it wouldn't have made sense. Like when uh, um, 
uh, the Hunger Games came out. Like it wouldn't have made sense for that, although that a huge kind of a huge following to begin with. But I, I think it makes sense for this movie. I just think it seems to be something that should be the exception rather than the rule. Yeah, like I was entertained by it, and like after I watched it, they showed the scene where oh, you know. These guys are riding in barrels and stuff. I'm like, I don't want to know that they're riding in barrels because I don't know what the situation is. I don't remember the story well enough to know that scene. So right. now I know they're going to end up in a barrel at some point. It's like stuff like that would bug me. Right. Seeing it beforehand. So, yeah. So spoilers is your number one worry from watching it. Correct. Yes. Okay. Um, Whereas boredom was mine. Yeah. Yes. Correct. <laughs> and, and hatred. Yeah. I was. I was. Just, an, an unnatural hatred for all things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, that was that was what I wanted to get through for that Highlanders Highwood hoopla, and I need to give my mouth a rest because I sound awful. Uh, so let's get the movie reviews. <laughs> Jeff James, I know you both have a, a pretty big movie to start with. Who wants to go first? Who wants to start us off? James, I see you. Okay. Um, I and uh, frequent co-host uh, Karen went to go see uh, Snow White and the Huntsman this past weekend at the theater. Um, this is uh, the darker version of your you know, st- standard uh, Snow White story that everyone knows from the Disney. Uh, probably truer to the, the grim fairy tale version, although I've never read it, so I can't tell you how accurate it is. But anyway, uh, Snow White is a kid. Her mom dies. A new woman comes in. Uh, marries her dad and betrays him, kills him, lets the army into the castle, and she takes over. And uh, so now she has an evil stepmother who has imprisoned her. Um, and this evil stepmother has this magical power of eternal youth as long as she can drain life force from people. So she's kind of draining life force from people. Uh, the land is all dead, too, so you get the feeling that she's kind of sucking the life out of land, that sort of thing. Um, Snow White escapes, and through fairy tale logic, while she's on the run, she just finds out that she needs to be the one to kill the stepmother, because Snow White is kind of represents life itself. Um, so the whole the rest of the story is about her trying to meet up with what refugees there are and to you know spark a rebellion against this woman. Um, Going into this movie, uh, I was expecting a fairy tale with a little bit of darkness and violence, and that's pretty much what it was. Uh, there was even a little bit of good special effects kind of thrown in there, too, which was kind of a, a nice bonus. Um, the acting was okay. Kristen Stewart's not very good, but she didn't really have to do much mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, Charlize Theron was pretty good as the uh, the evil stepmother, uh, Ravenna or Ravenna, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, and then uh, Chris Hemsworth, the, the heartthrob who plays Thor, was pretty good as the huntsman. And uh, all the dwarves were, were pretty solid. They kind of reminded me of a mix of of uh, Gimli and Pippin as far as like usefulness and comedy relief. But uh, yeah, they were, they were all pretty solid too. How's our boy Bob Hoskins doing? He was good. good. He was kind of like the leader of the dwarfs. So of course he, he was. Oh, he's good. Yeah. Bob so, Hoskins is in that. Yeah. Huh? So yeah, he was pretty awesome. good. And, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, if you just want to be entertained, uh, I think this movie will do nicely and I think it's worth it your time. And heck, I even think it might be worth the money at the box office too, to go see it. It was, it was fun. Nothing so, more. It was it was a pretty picture to look at and yeah, you know, it was entertaining I mean, enough. Yeah, there's nothing too in depth about it. It was just popcorn movie entertainment. I, I, uh, I two things come to mind. Rupert Sanders, the director. This is pretty much his first movie ever. First oh, okay. everything. And you didn't notice any weird issues with the actual the way the movie movie was put together or no? No, I thought it did a pretty good job. Everything went. The story flowed well and 
characters were pretty solid. So yeah, I think he did pretty good. Maybe he could have gotten a better performance out of Kristen Stewart, but I don't know if that would be his fault. Right. And while we're talking about <laughs> yeah. amateur, while we're talking about amateurs, Kristen Stewart, I uh, her she's pretty terrible. Yeah, she's not very good in it. She's the entire time she just feels like she's unsure of herself. Like, am I doing this scene right? And it's it's a little <laughs> it's a it's a little painful to watch. But like I said, she didn't really have to do a whole lot. She was just a kid on the run, basically, and. So whatever, it, it didn't ruin the movie. Looking off screen, like at the director, <laughs> just yeah. like popping <laughs> like other people's lines. It was like, just apprehensive. This is what the, the feeling. The only thing I've really seen her in is um, uh, Into the Wild, and I thought she wasn't bad in that. She I thought she was pretty role. good in Adventureland too. Oh right, I did see Adventureland. Yeah, yeah she was. She was all right. Was all right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she's just. I don't know. I don't see her getting any better. So. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, very interesting and that was one of the movies I was uh, very interested in seeing I'm happy it's at least entertaining if yeah. and uh, right so Jeff another another big review It's uh, what you got yeah so I um, I went and saw Moonrise Kingdom uh, over the weekend and the new Wes Anderson movie um, I I absolutely love this movie It's it's my favorite movie I've seen in a long time it might be I have to see it a few more times, but it might be my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Ooh, like, wow. it's, uh, it's That's perspective really, for you. Yeah, it's really goddamn amazing. Um yeah, it's it's uh I don't want to get too deep into the plot, but the uh the gen the, the gist of it is the the two sort of main characters are these two kids who literally are the main characters that neither one of us or neither one of them has been in anything else before. Uh Jared Gilman and Kara Howard or Hayward rather, and they they live on this island, uh, or well, rather, Kara Hayward. Hayward, I lay off the booze. <laughs> lives, <laughs> lives on this island, and uh, Jared Gilman is a khaki scout uh, who who is at camp on this island, um, and pretty much the whole thing takes place in, on this island, like the surrounding area, and. Um, it's it's they they wind up sort of escaping their their mutual situations that are not nice for them like uh jared gilman is the he's an orphan and all the kids at the cat in the khaki scouts are mean to him like he's like the least popular kid and kara haywood is the daughter of uh bill murray and francis mcdormand and she's like uh, kind of like uh like a doesn't fit in sort of disturbed child black sheep I kind guess. of thing yeah like a black sheep kind of thing in a way um and uh you know she she has problems with her parents which and it's just so, sort of this really sweet like it's sort of it's got several things going on but the the love story between these two is is really sweet and sort of almost reminds you of like Harold and Maude because you're kind of creeped out by it because they're like 12 but at yeah. the same time it's it's uh it's just very cute and endearing and um they, they, there are just so many really nice nice big and little things in this movie the whole way through um there's this one scene where uh jason schwartzman has ordered these two these two to go like talk about something serious before they make a decision and you don't hear their conversation but they're at this like big like uh summer camp type thing like and they're they're just by this trampoline so they're on like one they're in one half of the frame and the other half of the frame is just this trampoline and this kid just jumping and doing flips on the champ on the trampoline and just very like wes anderson set design is unbelievable uh yeah it's it's 
the, the dialogue is great. Everything is just, I don't know. It was, it was very, very touching. The performances turned in, especially by uh, Ed Norton. And even, I mean, the kids were great, but Ed Norton, uh, uh, Bruce Willis was really good. Bill Murray wasn't a major character, but he played yeah, basically like that disaffected old man, like that it sort of feels sorry for himself and it's just kind of like not in a spot he wants to be. Um, he he was excellent. Uh, Tilda Swinton plays Social Services. That's the name of her character. Mm-hmm. She was excellent as well. Um, I mean, this is I cannot recommend this movie enough. Go go see it. Find a place. It's worth it. I know it's not playing in, in that many uh, theaters, but you got to find a place. Um, if I, if I may tell a couple other stories after I field the questions. Also. Yeah, uh, definitely have a couple. Um, first thing, like, yeah, this movie and I, I'm pretty sure I'm caught up with a lot more than a lot of the plot, but you didn't mention this is supposed to be set in like 1930s or something, 1965. right? 1965. Like, oh, 1960. Okay. All right. 65. Um, and, um, the other thing I was curious about, um, as you mentioned before, the Wes Anderson, uh, just pretty much set design the cinematography they have set up like is this is this pretty much like if you were to compare this to another one of us wes anderson's movies like what is this most akin to of his sets like tenant bombs tenant bombs really um it's got it's got a few other it's got a few other things I, i'd say there's um maybe a little bit of life aquatic in there too but definitely tenant bombs as a matter of fact uh, as i was walking out with the people i watched it with i said the this girl is margot tenenbaum it's like somebody saw young margot tenenbaum it's like uh, you know in the bull session between wes anderson and roman coppola the other writer right. they said i really think that margot tenenbaum as a kid needs a little bit more of a story and they just did this like it's it's uh it's it's a if you like tenenbaums you will you will really like this i'm certain of it um, you said that, like Edward Norton, um, like just seeing some of the trailer was him. Gee whiz, they flew the coop. Like just him, right. him doing that for forty-five minutes on screen would be enough for me. Um, yeah, you know, there, it, he is he is fantastic, and it is a lot of that. It's really just great dialogue from him like that. But also, I mean, in in all the you know the sort of the the really nice uh, way that Wes Anderson plots seem to do it, like there are these people that are very ingrained in their ways and um and and sort of these these really vivid characters that undergo some sort of change for some reason and uh like there's there's a moment I think at least I I picked up there's a moment where both he and Bruce Willis who is like the island cop sort of like get out of them like out of their typical roles and like just start start moving in a different direction and it it, it's really it is very cool yeah i mean the the ed norton character is just a riot like every word out of his mouth is hilarious and uh yeah that's that's good well i was gonna mention like you said bruce willis did a really good job like he really does a good job of not being bruce willis in this movie um you know i mean he's 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 sort of like that the half bruce willis like the um like the, the, I mean, this is not the comparison that I probably want to make, but like the twelve monkeys, <laughs> Bruce Willis. Okay. Where it's like he's not like the action hero, you know. Like he's sort of like the like, like almost like a lovable loser in a way, if that makes sense. Like, no, that makes sense. And I know, uh, is it Terry Gilliam did a like during that movie Twelve Monkeys, like he tried to get Bruce Willis out of that like blue-eyed superhero feel kind of thing. Um, and, uh, that would make sense. That makes sense. Cool. I'm like, I'm, I'm super pumped to see this movie. I, I, 
Yeah, everybody you, knew that already. You, know? you, I will see, you got to. You think right? this is your number one after? after I uh, I think it's I think it's in the running. I like right. I said I've seen I mean I've seen Rushmore and Tenenbaums and Bottle Rocket. I don't know how many times and I've seen the other three. Yeah. Gotta let know, sink a in. lot of times. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Kaitel's in this too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Kaitel's got a pretty I mean, a fairly small role. Um, who else? Oh, you know who's excellent in this is a uh, small role. Bob Balaban, who is in a million things, and you would recognize him, but uh, the name might not ring a bell. Uh, he, I, I, when I think about him, I think about the Chris Guest movies. He usually plays somebody in the Chris Christopher Guest movies, but uh, he plays sort of like the narrator, and the way he narrates it is like he's sort of making a documentary about this storm that's coming to the island. Uh, but it's it, it's it's interesting. You'll it, you'll really like it. Yeah, this is uh, the one of the like producers of NBC. This is from Seinfeld, Bob Balaban. That's that guy. Yeah. 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 That guy. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. He's been in everything. Uh, um, <clears throat> sorry. The kids they got for this are fantastic. I mean, I don't know how it's one or the other. I don't know how people find such shitty kid actors or how people or how like, I mean, like if you think of like Rushmore, the kid that played Dirk Calloway was fucking awesome. He played Dennis the Menace too. Like, I don't know if people write shitty scripts for kid actors or what, but like, I feel like kid actors can either really, really suck or be really great. And there were a lot of kid actors in this. Like, like I said, the the two main characters, it, it really were the main characters, were great, and they were both kids. Hmm. And the other uh, khaki scouts are all kids, and they're and they're they're great. They're awesome. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm guessing seal approval. Just yeah, obvious big, big time. Obvious if I can, tag. if I can slap a stamp on, I'm I'm throwing the stamp on this. Yeah. Um. It, so I have good news. Is is uh the story I want to tell real quick? Sweet, sweet. Go ahead. Bill Murray is finally going to get an Oscar, not for Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, there's a movie coming out later this year, I believe, called Hyde Park on Hudson, where he plays Franklin D. Roosevelt hosting, uh, the King of England in like this sort of like pre-World War II or pre-American involvement in World War II uh, like meeting of the minds. Uh, it's total Oscar bait. <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he's playing the president. Like it's it's done. He's finally going to get his Oscar. What's that? Our, uh, Jim's girl, Laura Linney, isn't it? If I yeah. Correct. yeah. So that'll be awesome. That will yeah. be cool. Um, and that's what we—that's what we want to see. We want to be our boy or just boy, Bill Murray, uh, sprouting, <laughs> sprouting. The uh, the second the second thing I, I and this is small, but I, uh, I I wouldn't have thought about it had you not brought up like the making of um, right, right. whatever. What what are they called? Uh, they just I don't know like pre-production video pre-production feature okay so as we got to the theater in new york it's not uncommon to get to the theater if you get there like on time and see that there are like two seats in the front row not next to each other so um we got there fairly early so we had to watch a lot of the shitty commercials um and one of them was this commercial for a show on i don't even know what god awful channel about like people that bid on um like delinquent uh storage lockers yeah i believe it's called a show yeah yeah the only reason the only reason i know about it is because i listen to talk sports talk and one of my favorite guys on there listen to storage wars is one of the movie one of the shows and it's like people try to make more money than the other people by bidding on these like yeah like okay, uh, so yeah, so Storage Wars. There was like a trailer for it where like, you know, 
it was just totally over the top. They like it was like an action movie trailer, but it was for this show. Yeah. And then after that, they did a making of that trailer, and immediately <laughs> in my head pops this is the lowest form of entertainment possible it's the making of for a trailer for a shitty reality tv show about people that bid on the shit that people leave in storage containers like i could not believe my eyes that they were trying to entertain me with that but apparently that's what we've stooped to (laughs) no that's uh that's pretty bad I want to mention one more thing. Uh, Josh, did you have any movie reviews you want to talk about? Have you seen Men in Black recently or anything like that? No. I will watch Californication Season 5, though. Yeah, you're a Californication freak. It's dude, a West like Coast thing, show. dude. It's a West Coast Dude, thing. I really like that show. I didn't even know it was in production anymore. Like, I didn't even know it was alive. Nope. What's, what uh, network is it on? Uh, it's uh, Showtime. Showtime, I think. Yeah, it's oh, okay. It's a Showtime. Showtime Californication. All right. The season wasn't as good, but since it's not a movie, I'll leave it at that. It's still good, though. Okay. Um, we did have the Game of Thrones wrap-up. That was... Uh, it wasn't bad. Yeah, and can I just say it's weird now that I'm into season three of The Wire and uh, Baelish is in The Wire yeah. Yeah, <laughs> as the councilman. Yeah. yeah, it's right. Right. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah, bizarre. I, I, guess I never thought about it the other way. It was kind of bizarre seeing him as Baelish. But yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty major character in The Wire. Yeah. That's so, that very weird. Um, I want to mention what, what you're talking about the Wes Anderson, a lot of like big names, highly expected uh, um, directors, at least to produce. Um, we have our boy Quentin Tarantino. Uh, his uh, latest movie, uh, Django Unchained, uh, will be coming out uh, this year. But what's interesting is the trailer will be like we're recording this on uh, Wednesday. It's coming out like tonight, so it'll be interesting to see the the trailer for that. It's uh, called Django Unchained. Uh, I think it's Django. It's like D J A N. Yeah, it's that's Django. Is it just Django? Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's supposed to be about a. Uh, slave that escaped plus a, another free man that is helping slaves escape, but then they decide to like turn against this one plantation that's owned by, um, who is it? It's, uh, wait, wait, wait. So he, he he realized how fun it was to murder Hitler, and now he's murdering slave owners. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's and awesome. It's a slave owner. I'm supposed. To, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Leonardo DiCaprio. So it's gonna be sweet. Wow. Wow. Um, I was already picturing Keitel, so yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Leonardo DiCaprio is supposed to be the main the main asshole. I could be wrong on that, um, but we'll have our interns check. Uh, so that'll be a, that's still on the radar. Very cool. Um, let's get to our final feature, Parker Posey Play Along uh, Question of the Week, and uh, the question from last week was mine, and it's uh, what's the largest number of movies you've watched in a day, and what were what were the, the circumstances that you uh, Watched him in the the number one answer I will go with was the the number one amount that I could I could think of both both were close uh, KBW apparently had seen a uh, they would go to frequently go to a James Bond marathon um, at uh, uh, Ann Arbor which I can only imagine was torture um, the other one would have been uh, Aaron's answer, who said that they went. He went to a 24-hour movie fest and claimed that he slept through one of them, but watched all of their 22 hours worth, which Jesus. would be uh, a lot of movies. Um, so he uh, claims it would be 14. I would never get anywhere near that number. And um, uh, hats off to you both. Hats off to you both. That's a lot of movies. And uh, yeah, I it's uh, it's no surprise that we have a lot of a lot of movie lovers around us. And Josh, and I don't, God bless. 
Josh, I don't think you got an answer to it. What do you think would be the number one amount of movies you've Not seen? that many. Uh, probably. Like a morning to night kind of day. It would probably be on like a day that I stayed home sick or something right. like that and just stayed home all day. But I, I couldn't pinpoint it to a number. And like half that day, you're probably snoozing and in and out. So I would say I've probably watched five movies in a day, but I've been awake for like four of them, maybe. Right. Yeah, I, I cited one of my days was when I had my uh, wisdom teeth pulled. I definitely watched a lot of movies that day. But <laughs> uh, I feel like, Josh, there were days in college where we were, we weren't really keeping track, but we probably watched like four to five movies. But I, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, that's, that's possible. That's possible. We watched a lot of movies. And when Greg was talking on the show about like the movie store they used to go to, I was thinking about some of the great stories about that movie store in uh, Kalamazoo. Yeah, you guys to had to. a prolific movie store over. Uh, it was it, it advertised as the biggest <laughs> movie store in Michigan. Uh, I don't, know. <laughs> don't know if that's true. Didn't have any. Well, well the reason not. I say it advertised that right. is because when I told you that the Kalamazoo had the biggest movie store in Michigan, you said, "How does anybody really know that?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, Greg didn't believe it. Weird. <laughs> right, right. Greg was skeptical, surprisingly enough. So uh, I'm a gem. What can I say? Uh, so <laughs> that place was hilarious. We used to misbehave in that place like crazy. <laughs> we did. We were we act, we would act like idiots in that place. <laughs> like what? Like <laughs> random files? Like, I just like that sentence. We would misbehave in there. Yeah, <laughs> we did. <laughs> we would laugh way too hard for that place. <laughs> well, mostly because the only person that had a membership was our roommate Betty. Uh, Betty oh, is alive, by the way. Um, and yeah, Betty. <laughs> and so we would just fuck with him, like <laughs> I don't know. We just we're getting this one. We're getting this one. Like, put it on your membership. We don't yeah. care. I don't know. We would have, There were a lot of. Uh, <laughs> there were a lot of really good. Yeah. Like Uber, his, his, his record like, or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was last week's question. This week's question belongs to a new person. That new person is Jeff. Uh, Jeff, what is your question of the week? The Park Buzzy play along. Uh, I've got a very simple one today because I'm not feeling complicated. Who is your favorite? Or if you don't feel like picking a favorite, oh. who is a really great screenwriter? I don't like picking favorites. I don't like I don't like it with this question either because I feel like it's a trap. Um, so, hmm. I mean, is I, I I'm waiting for the obligatory question, but I can't imagine you could even come up with one. It's it's pretty straightforward, right? Well, a couple, a couple of people come, a couple of people come to my come to come to mind, and a couple of people that work as teams come to mind. I could pick a team, right? Pick a team. Um, as long as they're both writers, yeah. Okay. As long as they're both getting writing credit. Okay. That's fine. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, – when I thought of this question, I thought of a lot of different uh, things. And I, I, again, I don't know about favorite because it, it, this probably wouldn't be it. But this is a screenwriter that I am very interested in anything he does. And it's uh, Charlie Kaufman. The guy that did uh, Being John Malkovich, Adaptation, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, he actually directed and wrote Synecdoche, New York, which I've been trying to convince Greg to watch for like six years now, and he won't do it. Um, <laughs> four years, I guess. Uh, yeah, but uh, I really uh, – I, I think this guy has a uh, sort of a unique style of writing. Oh, and also – oh, God, how could I forget Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? Awesome movie. So uh, – 
I think uh, I, I like his I like his movies. They something about them rings like uh, like very poignantly with me, and um, I, I think he has an interesting like view of reality. I guess that that I that I really enjoy the way he like in a lot of in most of his good movies. There's some sort of like twist on reality that that's very interesting. So, and I think adaptation has one of the best plots of any movie I've ever seen. I think on the Charlie Kaufman comments, I think that. I've only seen I've seen Adaptation, Eternal Sunshine of the uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, uh, being John Malkovich, and out of those movies, his writing seems to be more like when it comes to like just specifically character interaction, they it seems to be more down to earth, like realistic. Like I feel right. like yeah, that's he does a great way of making it flow naturally in terms of that. Yeah, and but the, it is the dialogue is good. And yeah. And like you said, yeah, the character interactions are very normal and a lot of times the plots are very bizarre. And right, so I think right. that's, it's kind of like a nice combination. And it, yeah. And it seems like whenever there's like a character, like exclaiming something like just, you know, Malkovich think fast, he gets hit on the highway and just yells, fuck, <laughs> like, like that's that's a reaction I would make on the highway if I got hit with something like I will is... see you in court. <laughs> it's uh yeah that's that's a fantastic answer. I have my answer. Uh, James, do you want to? Do you have your pick? I do have my pick. Okay, go ahead. You can go first. I'll see if you pick it. Um yeah, uh, I am going with Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, yeah, that's the first on the pop of my head, and obviously from his. His West Wing days, I love him from that. Um, I love his conversational style. He does have a handful of forays into film, not a lot. Um, most notably, uh, he did Social Network, won Oscar for that. But uh, he's also done uh, Moneyball, Charlie Wilson's War, um, A Few Good Men, and American President. And uh, Malice, I guess, which I don't know if I've seen that one. And Malice. And Malice. But, uh, so only like a half a dozen films. He's, he's been more of a TV guy. But uh, yeah, yeah. As prolific as my yeah. guy. Yeah. Really. So, uh, so I really enjoy his, his conversational style. And I've seen a lot of like interviews and behind the scenes about him and stuff. And they, everyone always talks about how his dialogue is almost like music. Like, you know, different instruments interacting with each other. And I can really... F- like follow that with you know I can really relate to that while listening to his movies and stuff so it's kind of entertaining. Uh, that's a good answer, ja, Josh. Do you have yours? Uh, I'm not it? familiar with many writers in their careers, but if I had to pick right now, I'd probably say Coppola for uh, Apocalypse Now, Godfather series alone. Like I'm not familiar with everything that he's written for sure, and he's also snuck patent I think in there as well. Um, Solid all-around movies, it seems like, from him. He's a and, badass. Uh, yeah, he is kind of a badass. And I guess with those movies, like he, there's a lot of characters in all those, like yeah. in all those things, and it's, it's complex. Yeah, that's a that's a good pick, and also not what I was gonna pick. And um, I this just first answer that popped in my head, and I think would probably be my number one. I think uh, I think I could safely say that. The Coen Brothers as a tandem. I know they sort of like. That's a I good think, answer. Yeah, I think like I don't know if it's a, a definite, but I know they both get writing credit. Joel, as I understand, is more of the more of the the writer, but they both are both write, writing credit for all their movies, and like I don't. I don't know where to start and which one would be my favorite. There's tons of tons of great jobs. But we have No Country for Old Men, Burn After Reading for people that aren't familiar, Big Lebowski, Fargo, um, Barton Fink. But different from 
Charlie Kaufman, like their movies, their writing, it they seem to do a very good job of making it seem like I'm watching characters live from a book I'm reading. Is sort of how I feel when I'm watching one of their movies. Like it, some of them are book adaptations, a lot of them are, but it feels like they are they just make it an art an art form when they're doing it. And I uh, I think they do a very good job. And they're have you seen Intolerable Cruelty yet? I have not seen Intolerable Cruelty yet. I, I will have to. I, I think I love that movie disproportionately, but the dialogue in that movie is really, really, really good. It is um it's it, I guess it, it's a steal from Jim. It's very like musical. It's very like back and forth, very quick. It's 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 fun. Right. No, it's it's um yeah, they are awesome completely awesome that's, that's a great answer I'm, uh, yeah and also uh no or uh well yeah obviously no country for yeah. women but um the the odyssey one what was that called oh brother world oh brother world oh, yep. fantastic yeah. yeah no that's a, that's the best answer you win yes <laughs> finally wow i finally win a concession by the person yeah. who created the question that wow. is fantastic i feel great i feel great uh, Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, what is uh, for the boards gungabit.com and also we'll put it up on the Movie Hour page on Facebook. What is the question one last time, Jeff? Who is your favorite screenwriter? That's super easy, people. You can figure it out. If no nobody problem. else says Wes Anderson, I'm just going to have to change mine, by the way. <laughs> I was just thinking about yeah. throwing yeah. it out there to try and yeah. win it over Greg. <laughs> Wes Anderson! <laughs> Wes Anderson! I'm changing my answer. Pick me, yep. pick me. Could have worked. Could have worked. But yeah, that's that's it for this hour and I'm, I'm going to go take some cold meds and pass out hopefully uh james jeff thank you so much for your input thanks for stopping by everybody hope you enjoyed it and drive safe people josh thanks again you're the best <laughs> yeah man yeah <laughs> yeah quick, man quick shout out happy birthday scott happy birthday yeah, scott. happy birthday scott happy birthday everybody happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. happy birthday one and all are you mixing pets with booze again what's going on over there be the first time uh take care everyone thank you so much for listening the Gerard Butler, bring me back. Wait, sorry. Gerard Butler, bring me my scotch. Movie You're out. not saying that right. Gerard Butler, bring me my scotch. Take care, everyone. Oh, hi. Hey, Max. My mom just showed up. Is it okay if I leave early? Over. Sure, Charlie. What's the secret, Max? The secret? Yeah, well, you seem to have it pretty figured out. Secret? I don't know. I think you just got to find something you love to do and then do it for the rest of your life. For me, it's going to Rushmore.